And now it's time for. Okay, it's that time we take a look around the Normie news sites to see what Normie news there is this morning. And we're starting on News Hub, and they are leading with this story almost 90% of New Zealand organizations unprepared for latest cyber security threats. Study shows. And we go into the story. Only 14% of organizations in New Zealand have a high level of readiness for the cybersecurity risks of a world. Remember that guy who used to do the movie trailers? In a world. Cybersecurity risks of a world in which hybrid work situations are prevalent, according to new research. They say here in the study, 69% of Kiwi respondents also said they had suffered a cybersecurity incident in the last 12 months with those costing 53% of the organizations affected at least 800k. What? What are they telegraphing here? Are we to expect some sort of cybersecurity attack? Is the web about to go dark? They also have this story. Ex-UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson admits he misled MPs, but not intentionally. I didn't do it intentionally, all right? Former British Prime Minister Boris Johnson told a parliamentary inquiry there was no evidence that he intended. There was no evidence. I couldn't find any evidence that I did it. That he intentionally misled lawmakers about illegal parties held at his Downing Street office during COVID 19 lockdowns. In his 52 page evidence document submitted to the committee and published on Tuesday, Johnson said he accepted that the House of Commons had been misled by his statements, but there was nothing to show. Nothing to see here. Nothing to show he had deliberately lied. Here's his quote. It's clear from that investigation that there is no evidence at all that supports an allegation that I intentionally or recklessly misled the House, said Johnson. Case of do as I say, not as I do. And this story headline caught my eye from News Hub. Weak as piss, Malloy fumes at police after no one arrested for causing hundreds of thousands of dollars of damage at restaurant. The prominent Auckland business owner and former mayoral candidate Leo Malloy, colourful character, is frustrated at the police's response after a group allegedly caused damage to one of his restaurants overnight, and that is the headquarters viaduct restaurant on Customs Street. He said the group tried to gain access to the restaurant and were mucking around on the roof. When the police arrived, the group was still on the roof, but Malloy said one of them fell off and had a rather hard landing before the group scurried off. And Malloy said this will see the restaurant without outdoor shelter for around four weeks. He estimates the cost of direct damage will be around 50k, but after the loss and turnover, it will be hundreds of thousands of dollars. He said it's not a great situation, and the behaviour by the group and the police's response was unacceptable. Maybe a sign also that... uh, that tells potential patrons that uh, you're supposed to sit under the roof and, and not on top of it. <laughs> well, I hope the police uh, find those responsible and they pay up. We're at stuff now in the MSM Normie News Report. Robertson pairs back to basics, but sounds economic warning ahead of budget. Getting the basics right, that's how Finance Minister Grant Robertson describes his upcoming May budget. They're reporting here. He's in the middle of putting together a budget that responds to inflation in a tight election race against a competitive opposition. Really? (laughs) Backing up from a 2022 budget that fell flat politically. 
wasn't it wasn't enough of a lolly scramble in other words here's a quote from my perspective i do need to you know sit back and say what resources do we need to provide new zealanders the services that they expect and deserve yeah we deserve them and kind of have that as my starting point with a question mark in a sit down interview in his seventh floor beehive office grant robertson nominated cyclone relief and global economic headwinds how about management of the economy and the Reserve Bank? Uh, just saying. Uh, headwinds is the biggest challenges facing the nation, and while Labour has to take a tax policy into the next election and appears poised to do so, don't expect anything from the budget, they're saying here in this uh, stuff piece. Much is up in the air since the change of Prime Minister to Chris Hipkins. Last year, Robertson warned that even with inflation driving upwards, a recession this year could require fiscal stimulus, government spending of some description to prop up the economy. Whether our policy response needs to include significant stimulus is sort of up for grabs, Robertson said. Yeah, so uh, Finance Minister, what is the overarching uh, finance policy uh, going into this budget and election? Well, it's sort of up for grabs. All right. Of course, there's the obligatory weather story, swells, strong winds set to lash southern tip of the North Island. I'm at the southern tip. Expect large waves, strong winds. The Met Service is warning that the waves, potentially as high as five metres, could wash onto the roads around the Wellington south coast and Eastbourne. That's where I'm from. Particularly two hours each side of the King Tide, which was about an hour and a bit ago. Motorists are also being warned waves could splash. <laughs> the waves are splashing across the tracks and the southbound lane of the Hutt Expressway. Despite the swells, Met Service said air pressure was not expected to drop significantly, which could limit the impact of the swells. And they're reporting here Wellington City Council spokesperson Richard McLean said the Regional Emergency Response Office was monitoring the situation. Should we be more worried? Who knows? And in their travel section, uh, this headline, Time to reconsider the Wellington to Littleton Ferry. Gosh, those were the days, weren't they? The Wahine, the Maori, the Rangatira, um, steaming between Wellington and Littleton. I think the Rangatira ended up being uh, a ship to accommodate workers for the North Sea oil program. My memory serves me. Uh, so what they're saying is, with Cook Strait ferry problems and a need to cut emissions, here we go, forget about the flying, there is some support to bring back the ferry to Christchurch. What is going on with our ferries, by the way? They seem very unreliable. I used to uh, watch those um, Cook Strait ferries, the Aramoana, the Aranui, the Arahanga, the Aratika, um, steaming out of Wellington Harbour every day didn't matter what the weather was. They, they were always running. We won't talk about uh, the, um, the cooks and the stewards. Uh, but uh, these days, it seems that the service is, is sort of unreliable and, and they don't go out in very rough weather anymore. So uh, the drama of watching that has kind of gone. Um, but uh, uh, the ferry fleet seems to be in a bit of a sad state they break down. There was the um, uh, Kaitaki, is that the name of the ship? 
um, you know, that lost power and was drifting towards the south coast and people had the life jackets on. It reminded me, uh, some of the pictures I saw, of, you know, Wahine. And they were lucky. They managed to get the anchors down and, and, and they took... Um, as they approached the coast and it sort of held the ship fast. Is that the, the term? But uh, there seems to have been a lot of underinvestment in our ferries. But, you know, that's another story for another day and we could we could drill into that sometime. But uh, here we go. Uh, the need to cut emissions, that is code for we don't want you to fly from Wellington to Christchurch so much. And I guess it would have to be an electric ship, would it? Over at auntienzherald.co.nz, there's reaction to uh, Razor's big appointment. Talking rugby here, former New Zealand coaches and players react to Razor's big appointment. I thought it said ointment at first. His big ointment. No, it's appointment. Scott Robertson will become the All Blacks head coach from 2024. The 48. We, we knew this was going to happen, didn't we? The 48-year-old was appointed following a robust you can imagine that. Um, they sort of hold up the ball and they say, so Razor, what's this? And he's, it's, the, it's the ball. And, and then they tick the box. Uh, a robust interview process and will announce further key appointments to his coaching and management team in the coming months before officially taking up his new role following the conclusion of the 2023 Rugby World Cup. Razor has been appointed for four years from 2024 through to the end of of 2027, the Rugby World Cup, and will succeed current head coach Ian Foster, who will lead the All Blacks through the conclusion of the 2023 Cup in France. And Sir Steve Hansen, Shag, is that his name, Shag? They've all got nicknames. Uh, Razor, Shag. Uh, speaking on News Talk ZB, uh, Steve Hansen, Sir Steve, said Robertson's lack of international coaching experience won't be any detriment to his ability to succeed with the All Blacks. Also in the Herald, Sam Neill mortified in live TV interview over his awkward James Bond screen test. Ooh, what's this all about? Much-loved Kiwi actor Sam Neill was red-faced during a live interview on Australia's Today Show um, this morning, must have been yesterday morning, when he was surprised by a cruel video from his past. Um, New Zealand-born Neil, he's 75 now, appeared on the show via a video link to discuss his new memoir, with entertainment reporter Brooke Boney, or Bonnie, Boney, spelt Boney, midway through the interview, Boney brought up Neil's unsuccessful 1986 screen test to play James Bond and had the footage cued to play to viewers. Don't you hate it when they do that? There was a 39-year-old Neil, shirt open, pistol in hand, as he walked in on a woman in bed and uttered the immortal words, My friends call me Bond, James Bond. Would that have been in a more Kiwi accent? Uh, my friends call me Bond, James Bond. Neil buried his head in his hands with embarrassment as the clip played, jokingly wagging his finger at Boney and telling her, Oh my God, that is so cruel to play that, so cruel. Over at One News, world's first integrated Maori keyboard launched by Lenovo. Lenovo's latest product includes physical keys for Macrons or Tohuto. The line used above some vowels in Te Reo Māori. That's how you get the, the long vowel sound. It was launched at Auckland's Nā Whare Watia Marae yesterday. The idea came about following a conversation the company's general country manager, Libby McGregor, had with her son. This is how the development is done these days. Hey, son, any ideas? 
I want to design a new keyboard and, well, um, I see that you use a keyboard, so any good ideas? My little boy, this is a quote, my little boy came home from school one day. His name is Felix. Felix. And he asked me why there were no Te Reo Māori keys on the keyboard of the Lenovo ThinkPad I was using, she said. It inspired me to think, well, absolutely, why not? And they say that macrons are crucial. Yes, crucial. See, all these words. This is so over the top. Crucial markers in Te Reo Māori that help decipher a word's pronunciation and meaning. Decipher. It's like code. They indicate where the stressed vowel sound features in a word and are used to pluralize words. And Kevin Shedlock, an assistant lecturer at the University of Victoria's School of Engineering and Computer Science, is, uh, is saying here, the keyboard was a step in the right direction for inclusive technology. Well, no, it's just, it's just useful. It's a positive way forward and it's a progression to the next level of where Te Reo could be, he said. I think it's a great idea, but it's not a world-changing one. And they are talking it up just a, a little bit, but good on you. All right. And then they have a story, ignoring experts, China's sudden zero-COVID exit cost lives. When China suddenly scrapped onerous zero-COVID measures in December, the country wasn't ready for a massive onslaught of cases, with hospitals turning away ambulances and crematoriums burning bodies around the clock. Chinese state media claimed the decision to open up was based on scientific analysis and shrewd calculation. Mm, mm. And by no means impulsive, but in reality, China's ruling Communist Party ignored repeated efforts by top medical, are you ready for it, experts to kickstart exit plans until it was too late. The Associated Press found... The reopening came suddenly at the onset of winter when the virus spreads most easily. Many older people weren't vaccinated. Pharmacies lacked, they were lucky, pharmacies lacked antivirals and hospitals didn't have adequate supplies of staff. And a quote here from a China CDC official, it wasn't a sound public health decision at all. And that official, speaking candidly, declined to be named. It's absolutely bad timing. This was not a prepared opening. Of course, I've got the Razor, Scott Robertson, All Black story there, along with the story of a Kiwi soldier reportedly killed in Ukraine. Well, if you're going to go there, yeah, watch out. The Normie News now moves to RNZ News and Underslip in Coromandel. If that goes, we're basically an island. And they're reporting on an Underslip on State Highway 25 between Wahi and Whangamata, uh, it has residents concerned about losing their last practical, <laughs> well, you have to go over a bush track otherwise, I suppose, last practical way in or out. Well, I hope they get that one fixed. They have a story about the Ministry for Social Development reporting record numbers of Kiwis moving off benefits and into work. The shift to alert level four in March 2020 saw a sharp increase in the number of people accessing benefits, but in 2021, in 2022, numbers began to recover. In the year to June 2022, 113,400 people came off a benefit and into work, the highest number since electronic records. <laughs> we, it's like Niwa, we don't look back, you know, beyond a certain date. Electronic records, we couldn't, we couldn't find the paper ones, or 
well, slightly water damaged or something, uh, began in 1996. And then they have the summary, the PDF summary. Though I see signs everywhere. Uh, we're hiring. And uh, I know that uh, services we're used to running on time, like buses, have been heavily affected by the lack of hundreds of drivers. So, well, I, I don't know what's going on out there, but uh, I suppose that's good news. And there's this, Hipkins and Luxon hit the road. <laughs> Tweedledum and Tweedledee. A taste of campaign 2023, a porphyry, a pie, and a grilling from primary school kids. Um, yesterday was the day Chris Hipkins, the boy from the hut. That's how they've, um, that's how they've uh, framed him, marketed him. You know, uh, he can relate to the average person because he's from the hut who grew up to be the Prime Minister. He went home for a visit with Ratana, Waitangi, Cyclone Gabriel and other extreme weather dominating much of the political year so far. Just wait there a moment. You've left a few things out of that list. You've put a few things down the memory hole, RNZ. There was this little thing called COVID. There was this little thing called wrecking lives. There was this little thing about bodily autonomy. There was this little thing about breaching fundamental human rights. And there was a protest, a peaceful protest until the last day when it cut up rough, agent provocateurs and all of that. There were sonic weapons fired at New Zealand citizens. There were people who had their livelihoods destroyed. Yeah, just a few little, you know, minor issues, totally dwarfed by Ratana, Waitangi, Cyclone Gabriel and other extreme weather that dominated much of the political year so far. The aftermath of what I just described isn't mentioned. And they're really trying to dress the, the hut up here. Um, they say, Hipkins took a tour of the Long River Valley. Oh, it's so, it's so evocative. The Long River Valley, north of Wellington. You mean the hut, which includes Lower Hut, where he grew up, and Upper Hut, where he lives and acts as the local MP for Rimataka. And he was joined by new police minister and Hut South MP, Ginny Anderson. The trip began with a porphyry, welcoming them to Orongo Mai Marai with waiata and ceremony. Upper Hut's mayor, Wayne Guppy, took the chance to claim full ownership of the new PM. <laughs> Enough of that. And Auckland Bakery bags best hot cross bun honours. A perfect sourdough hot cross bun made in Auckland is Aotearoa's best, according to judges of a national competition. Yeah, imagine being selected to be a judge of a hot cross bun competition. We've uh, we've been looking at candidates for the judging panel, and we know that you are one of the world's foremost experts on the taste of hot cross buns. Would you like to be on the best New Zealand hot cross bun <laughs> judging panel? Daily Bread in Auckland have taken top honours for the second year in a row. Second year in a row. I wonder if they've come up with a new recipe. At Baking New Zealand's Great NZ Hot Cross Bun Contest, which was judged in Palmerston North last week. I can imagine all the hotel rooms were booked out in Palmerston North for this momentous event. Head baker Patrick Wilsenbach said this year's entry was perfect. I'm super stoked and super proud. I don't have the words for it, actually. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Well, well done, guys. Well done, Daily Bread, for your perfect hot cross bun 
recipe and taking out the, what is it, the, the pinnacle of bun competitions in New Zealand. Well done. And that is the Normie News for Wednesday morning, March 22nd, 2023. <laughs>